Micah Rasmussen is the director of the Rebovich Institute of New Jersey Politics at Ryder University. He's, he's one of the sharpest political pundits in the state. Micah, welcome back. David, thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad it is, it is. It is. It is. It is always great having you on because it, it makes me. It makes me me think a lot more than I usually do. You're you're one of the smartest people I know. So thank you. Well, uh, likewise, David. This is uh, you know our, our conversations can can always stretch on for hours. We don't we don't have that kind of time today, but we'll make the most of it. Well, thank you. And uh, let's start by talking about the Monmouth University poll. It has it has become the gold standard of New Jersey state polls. Uh, they put Governor Murphy's job approvals at 57 percent what is what does that mean for his re-election campaign oh he's in really good shape i mean you know uh, six months is a lifetime away for sure but looking at these numbers today you have to say to yourself where is the opportunity for his opponent um you know the, people looked at there was a, there was an initial tendency some of the overnight stories some of the press stories looked at it and said oh my gosh his numbers came down well yeah if you compare that to the stratospheric numbers when we were you know smack dab in the middle of the pandemic a year ago then of course they've come down from that stratosphere but he's hanging on to the bulk of those numbers um you know he's doing far better than any of his uh, neighbors that have really struggled with uh, any of the governors that have struggled with the pandemic and uh, there's just not a lot of room uh, where you see where jack Chitterelli or whoever the republican uh, nominee is going to be uh, goes um to to uh to, 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 to find some vulnerability there. So 12 years ago, when, when Chris Christie won, John Corzine had job approval ratings of 38%, and then he, he only lost by four points. Uh, mm-hmm. The number that I was looking at was, was the question about, should we reelect Governor Murphy or is it time for somebody else? That was 48-43. What, what do you think of those numbers? Yeah, so, I mean, typically you want to see yourself, you want to see above above the 50% mark, right? That's typically where you want to go. But to put this into some perspective, um, he needs to climb 2% over the next six months. His opponent needs to climb over the 50% mark, needs to get everything else, needs to run the board on everything else. And I just don't see where that's a feasible possibility. I mean, New Jersey, as, as the poll uh, director Patrick Murray uh, is very fond of saying we are late deciders. We have a lot of people who stay on the fence till the end. And so, um, you know, it's easy to see where a lot of people are going to come to Murphy over the next six months, going to come back to Murphy, even some of the Democrats, right? 77% of Democrats said they were with him at this point. That's going to be well over 90, 95% by the time he gets to the election. And so, um, yeah, I mean, you want to see yourself above 50, but if he gets two, po- two more percent, he's done. He's over. He's, you know, the, it's history. Now, what if you think about all the things that can happen? We're still in a pandemic. This this thing is is not over. Governor Murphy said this week it's getting better. You heard, you heard Assemblyman Brian Bergen a couple of minutes ago. He he said, yeah, we're moving in a better direction. But right. but there could be a reversal and we all hope not and one of the things by the way that Jack Chitterelli has has said is that he roots for New Jersey I think he said that in, in your class he did. when he, he, when did. he was speaking and, there. And I thought I thought you know it was a very very uh, a good thing for him to say a proper thing for him to say and it showed that his heart is in the right place which is where it needs to be uh, but if if we continue to go in the direction we're going in people are going to feel very good about um, you know about where we are come come September come October come November but you're right if we have a reversal if we have to start going back into lockdowns 
I think there's a good chance that that could be something that would be a liability for Governor Murphy. So at this point, there's a lot that's going right for him. There's a lot that is moving in the right direction for him. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a lifetime away. Anything can happen. And if we start to have a fundamental change, then there could be a big shakeup. So one of the big differences, and and you and I have talked about this before on the show, is this this, – partisan gap in New Jersey that that there's almost 1.1 million more Democrats than Republicans. The, right. it, Twelve years ago when John Corzine ran, that number was 705,000. It's a, it's a big difference. And, and there's more partisan intensity than there used to be. There are less people identif- uh, uh, saying that they don't want to be affiliated with either party. There's, they're signing up. What does is, what is that gap in registration mean uh, for Democrats who who have not reelected a governor in 44 years. Yeah, we want to we want to point a lot to this idea that uh, no Democrat has been reelected in, in, in decades. We want to point to Brendan Byrne being the last Democrat who's been reelected. But the fact of the matter is, is that, um, you know, is that is that we have, as you say, almost half a million more Democrats than we did the last time a Democrat faced reelection. And so that right there just makes this a different state, a different electorate, a different universe as far as this election is concerned. And, um, and, and it's just a much different situation. You have a lot less people crossing the partisan divide when it comes to voting. You have a lot more people, you know, staying with their party. And really, all Murphy has to do is crank out the Democrats. If they come out to vote and if they vote for him, it's very, very difficult for Jack Cittarelli or whomever it's going to be, would have to have all the Republicans and all the independents and run the board on all of that if he's going to overcome Murphy's uh, Democratic advantage. So this is the first election in, in state history where there's there's more Democrats than unaffiliated. Some people call them independents, but, but people that just have chosen not yes. to pick one yep. party or the other. Uh, right. There's never been that before. There's never been a point where the Democrats are a bigger block than the than the independents. What is what does Jack Chitterelli have to do to win this? Well, it's daunting. I mean, you and I talked about how when you look at the poll, when Murphy is winning among the unaffiliated voters, when he's winning, when he when he's getting when he's getting one out of five Republicans even at this point, who, who say that he's doing a good job. You know, 15% say that they're going to vote for him at this point. So, you know, Jack Turley's got to get back all of those folks. He's got to get back all the unaffiliated. And, 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 and even that is, is daunting since you've got majority Democrats. It's, it's just the idea of running the board among Republicans, running the board among unaffiliated, uh, is just it's just really daunting when you look at the kind of support that Governor Murphy has, which, let's face it, a lot of it is residual, residual impact, residual goodwill, residual good feelings about how he has managed the pandemic crisis. And, uh, you know, that stayed with him. And so unless that comes off of him and all of it goes to Jack, it's really it's it's uh, daunting odds. And I, I, I look back and I saw that right after right after 9-11, uh, President Bush had uh, George W. Bush had hit an 88 percent approval rating in New Jersey. Uh, right. It was still pretty high the next year. Frank Lautenberg still won the Senate seat. By the time he ran for reelection, uh, he lost New Jersey by six points. This is is this just is this state just becoming so blue that that it's going to take more of a miracle than than anything else? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, when you look at his dad, you look at her, George Herbert Walker Bush, the same thing after the Iraq war. He had that kind of sugar high, and and so much of it came off. And, uh, and so, you know, that's where you see Governor Murphy is, you know, the numbers are coming back down to earth uh, exactly as we expected it to, exactly what we thought would happen. But you know what? Maybe we need to be looking at what a great gift almost, and this is a treacherous thing to say, but, you know, the pandemic gives a crisis manager, it gives the governor the ability to govern the state through a crisis. And, uh, and again, he's fared better than any other governor, really, uh, that you can look at, that I, that I certainly, Governor Cuomo, um, you know, the governor of Michigan, any of the governors that have dealt with this stuff, he is hanging in there. The numbers are staying with him. And, um, you know, maybe it's because it's been a slow motion crisis because, you know, because he, you know, it's not been the kind of crisis where you go in and six weeks later we're done. You know, this has been something that's been an ongoing thing. So, um, um, you know, people continue to have good feelings toward him. He continues to get the benefit of the doubt. And you just don't see those numbers falling off. You, you, see, you see it coming back down to earth, but you see a lot. He's retaining a lot of that support. So Jack Chitterelli is, I mean, he's, he's a life guy he's a, a competent Absolutely. he's a yeah. competent guy he you know he's he's very much a you know uh, he's quintessential new jersey uh, yep. uh one of the things that the poll doesn't show is is they haven't had a chance to to get to know jack chitterelli yet is how right. how important will that be in moving numbers off of phil murphy well it's always going to be important, especially when Murphy's not over the 50% mark, the reelect mark at this point. You know, that's always, that's always a good bet that, that, that Jack Trudeau's got to get out there and he's got the opportunity to uh, introduce himself to the state. But don't forget, that's an opportunity for Governor Murphy's campaign, too, to come out and define him to the state, right? And so, you know, this is, you know, this becomes a, a race as to who gets, which version of Jack Trudeau gets out there first. Uh, but, um, you know, he, he, I'm sure, will be very endearing to folks. You know, I expect, uh, you know, it's almost I'm starting to think about the general election race. It could be a real gentleman's race. It could be a race where they could, you know, have a lot of common ground. But I think you're going to see Governor Murphy um, um, trying to uh, define him early, you know, uh, and he's not going to define him personally, I don't think. It's going to be defining him and lumping him in with the Republican Party that New Jersey voters have rejected so soundly in recent years, right? The party of Trump, the party of Christie. That's really all that Governor Murphy has to do. Uh, he doesn't have to, uh, you know, call into question whether or not Chitterell is a good guy or, or his, you know, a good record or any of that. He just has to lump him in as a party. And, you know, Republicans will say that that's unfair. Republicans will say that that's weak and that's, that's uh, you know, lazy. But the fact of the matter is that's what New Jersey knows about the Republican Party right now and it's been enough to reject the republican party in new jersey and i'm speaking with michael rasmussen the director of the rebovich institute of new jersey politics at Ryder university uh michael we're just going to take a quick break it's the new jersey globe power hour on talk radio 77 wabc here's the globe's editor-in-chief david wildstein welcome back i'm I'm still speaking with Mike Rasmussen. He is one of the sharpest political minds in New Jersey, director of the Rebovich Institute of New Jersey Politics at Ryder. Micah, thank you for staying with me. And, Thanks for being so kind and generous with your words, David. And, and I want to I want to I want to move to some more things about this poll. Uh, Joe Biden. 
55% approve, 39% disapprove. Uh, what do you make of those numbers? And, and what number, how does what's happening in Washington, uh, how might that affect the New Jersey elections in November? That's a good question. And, um, you know, Biden has r- roughly the same numbers that, uh, that Governor Murphy does, right? And you're going to ask me about some other New Jersey politicians, and their numbers are roughly the same as Governor Murphy's are. Um, so they're, they're doing well. Uh, it's not the kind of honeymoon numbers that we've seen historically for other presidents at uh, roughly day 100. But, um, you know, people are giving the benefit of the doubt by and large. Of course, we're in this partisan environment where Republicans aren't going to consider uh, you know, uh, approving of uh, the performance that, that President Biden is undergoing. So, you know, I, I think uh, when we get to September, October, um, you know, if if we're still in the depth of the crisis, then we're going to be looking at what's going on in Washington, and we're going to be looking at uh, pandemic relief, and we're going to be looking at schools, and we're going to be looking at the federal government response. But if we are most of the way through that, if kids are back in school, we're going to be turning our attention to other issues. And, uh, you know, that's going to be where we're going to be seeing what's going on in Washington. There's a little bit of peril in that for Governor Murphy, for sure, because he's getting the, the, the stellar marks that he is on the pandemic. So, you know, you move on to other issues like property taxes, perennial issues in New Jersey, and then he starts to, you know, maybe be a little bit shakier. But, uh, you know, in fact, that's probably what you want if you're with the Cittarelli campaign is you want to move on from the pandemic. That's the ground that you don't want to wage the campaign on. Uh, but, you know, if we're if we're if we're through the pandemic, um, you know, if we're if we're back in school, if life is returning to normal, um, you know, we're not going to be looking for that federal response that we've been looking to that's been front and center so much for the last year and a half. So you and I rely heavily on historical precedents and and one of them, one of the glaring ones, is that uh, when there's a new president in the White House, New Jersey seems to elect a governor of the other party. So Barack Obama took over in 2009, and then uh, voters rejected John Corzine. Bill Clinton took over in 1993. Voters rejected Jim Florio. Is, is, that, is that precedent something that you're watching for in 20, uh, 2021? You know, I've, I've thought about that, and, I, and you, you've written about that before. And I almost, if you take the pandemic away, um, would Murphy be in more of that kind of typical situation? And I think you, the way that I answer it, the way I think about it is you don't just have to take the pandemic away at this point, you know, and how he's handled that and how people feel he's handled that and the good feelings about that. But you also have to take away this enormous advantage that we have uh, in terms of Democratic voter registration that is so much more pronounced than at any more at any time when any any other democrat has faced reelection uh, as as you know has tried to run for reelection so i think um You've got to look at some differences between now and those historical comparison points that we talked about in order to say that, you know, Murphy would be facing the same kind of trouble in the same kind of situation. And I, and I do want to point out just just to everybody, because you and I spoke about this uh, uh, this week, is that New Jersey, I, I say it all the time, New Jersey is, is a blue state, but they haven't reelected a Democratic governor since 1977. Brendan Byrne right. was an unlikely prospect for re-election his numbers were upside down on on election day so so we go back 56 years to richard hughes the last time you had a popular democrat running running for re-election 
it's almost amazing. And what you said, the, the rest of what you said to me this week was, we have not had a Democratic governor in good shape for re-election or in this kind of good shape for re-election since Dick Hughes, which is unbelievable to even think about or fathom in a state as Democratic as New Jersey is. But that is the situation, and I think it speaks to uh, why we can't necessarily look to all these historical comparison points when we look at Murphy, because he is in so much better shape than any Democratic governor has been in the last 50 years. But isn't it isn't the flip side that that New Jersey Democrats, they may be bigger in numbers, but but they're not all the same. You can't put all Democrats in one box. And 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 that 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 big tent makes it more difficult to control. Is that why New Jerseyans seem to prefer a Republican governor? Well, there is that, you know, the, the old Will Rogers adage, right? And people do see New Jersey's Democrats uh, warring with each other and feuding with each other and the, 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 uh, the, the tribal politics of the, the cities and the urban areas. That is out in the open, warts and all. And so we do see that. Um, you know, if that's the reason why, whether that's the reason why, it's certainly the reason why Democrats have struggled. It's certainly the reason why, I mean, I, I've, I've told you this story before, but when I worked in the governor's office and Jamie Foxx was the chief of stuff. I certainly remember, you know, you do something for one county and every other county is on the phone asking where's theirs with their hand out, you know, and, and um, it is almost unmanageable. But whether that's the reason, uh, you know, why New Jersey is, uh, you know, um, the way it is or, you know, why we're suspicious of Democrats, I don't know. What I can tell you is that I think that uh, you and I talked about how, uh, how, how Democrats are almost not willing even to believe that Murphy is in the kind of shape that he is in right now. We also talked about how um, uh, the, the, uh, the Democrats, how Governor Murphy really needs to get some credit for unifying the Democratic Party behind him, for getting all those rival factions uh, behind his reelection. There is something to be said for the circumstances of the pandemic, for everybody falling in line. You know, if you and I, and, you know, listen, if we looked at your, uh, at your, at your top 100 list uh, and just the covers of the last couple of years, he, we would not have been talking about him in such generous terms just a year or two ago in terms of his reelection. He looked like he was going to get primary challenges and everything else. So he's, he's brought the, uh, the party under his uh, under his wing George, George Helmley would probably tell you not to not to jinx him by saying that because there's still <laughs> still six months and things are still very fragile I am I'm speaking with Mike Erasmussen the director of the Rebovich Institute of New Jersey politics at Ryder University let me let me shift to New Jersey's two U.S. senators uh, Cory Booker Bob Menendez uh, both on the on the right side of approvals uh, mm-hmm. uh, any any anything stick out to you there with 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 cook cory booker i mean 57 percent, same as phil murphy you know a little bit better than joe biden bob menendez in that range any uh and and they both have a few years left before they have to face the voters again are are they they assets to democratic candidates this year that are running for office I think so. And, you know, it's less of a surprise, I think, with Cory Booker, who is coming off of a national campaign for president, right, and enjoys a high profile nationally, certainly. Um, this is what you would hope to see for him, but you, it's also what you expect to see for him. I think for, for, for Senator Menendez, who had, um, you know, troubles of his own in the recent past, right, right before his last reelection, certainly he got reelected. Certainly the numbers were there. But for him to be in this level of approval at this point, 
um, after, you know, the, the, the legal troubles he had, um, after, you know, really the struggles that he's had, is, um, you know, it's, it's a real success story. I think it's a real – well, maybe it's a survival story. How much of that comes with his being chairman of the U.S. Senate Foreign Relations Committee? I mean, that is a, that's a position that puts him on a, on a global stage and, and certainly as an insider, a, an integral part of the, the Biden administration's foreign policy. Absolutely. And New Jersey is very fortunate right now to have a lot of congressional leadership. Right. We've got we've got um, Chairman Pallone as well. And so you're right. New Jersey enjoys having that uh, that position. Um, We enjoy having our senator in that position. Um, You know, maybe that is part of the rehabilitation. Maybe that is part of why he's got the approval numbers he's got. Uh, If he didn't have that high profile, maybe we will still be thinking about those last things that we heard about him, which were not so great. Uh, But you're right. He's had a chance to be out there on a whole host of other issues. And, um, you know, it's almost like that's in the rearview mirror at this point. And this is, uh, I mean, again, we have a we have a long time to go for U.S. Senate races, and and uh, right. uh, you know, and they're they're both on a national stage now, and I think they both have a, an obligation with a Democrat in the White House and Democrats controlling both houses of Congress that that this is a point where where it, it, it's not a time for standing on the sidelines, right? It's a time now for them to get everything done. Well, that's a good point, too, is that you expect the party to be standing by him and standing by the senators because that's what the party's doing, right? You expect they're rallying behind themselves and they're, you know, and, and we're, you know, each party is rallying behind itself and, and, uh, and, you know, not, uh, sort of second guessing or thinking twice about staying with, um, the, the leaders of their party. And so that is something that you would expect to see at this point. Um, you know, one of the things that for those of us who really follow, uh, political scandal and, you know, that kind of thing, and how you survive this it, stuff. One of the things that's interesting It ends is, fast, doesn't it? I mean, it just, yes, it does. those exactly. things go through. Right. And, and by the way, and, and, and I, I say, in there is something you have to do. You know, it you is. It absolutely there, does. Absolutely. Yeah. Micah, it, 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 I, it, I don't know. It always, it always goes so fast when I'm, when I'm talking to you. But, but thank you for joining me. Micah Rasmussen, director of the Rebovich Institute of Jersey Policy.